Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to another episode of the Take Cast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Uh, in this episode of the show, we continue our series, our you know our, our exploration into the National Basketball Association with Mike Gallagher from RotoWorld.com. We covered a bunch of topics this week without Drew Dinkmeyer, who uh, assured us that he he wanted to be here but could not quite make it. You guys know how busy he is. But uh, you know we delved into a lot of the really important topics happening in the NBA right now. So the Houston rocket swoon, Damian Lillard putting the Portland Trailblazers on his back, Ben Simmons's career game. Of course, you know, we looked at who is going to get the eighth seed in the Western Conference. No one knows who is going to get the eighth seed in the Western Conference, but you know, I love talking about the NBA. Mike loves talking about the NBA, so I think a very enjoyable show for you guys to listen to. Of course, we are sponsored by DailyRoto.com. You can get 10% off of the best projections in fantasy basketball using the promo code Janis, J-A-N-I-S. You can also support the show by subscribing on patreon.com slash takecast. You can get uh, bonus episodes of the show for five bucks a month or just support the show because you like the show. And always, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes or Google Play, and that's very useful and helpful as well. And now let's get into the show. All right, everyone, looping in Mike Gallagher into our conversation again, our uh, our usual Monday show postponed for a day due to uh, all of the games going on on Monday for Martin Luther King Day. No, no Drew Dinkmeyer this week. Again, the man, he just he just has too much going on. Uh, Mike, how was your last week of basketball? Pretty good. I had a pretty fun Saturday. Yesterday was great. You got to love full day of basketball. 28 teams playing. Uh, it was almost too much. Um, and yeah, just, uh, the five o'clock games are almost all of them are good, uh, except for the Knicks blowing out the Cavs and even the Bulls played a tight game, uh, against the Bucks up until late. And Jim Boylan after the game was so funny. He was basically like doing moral victories and talked about how great his game plan was. It's like, okay, yeah, he's still lost by double digits, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had uh, a lot of good games. Uh, late games were pretty good. And, um, yeah, we're the game we're going to talk about first is, is kind of crazy. 
how yeah, so what I mean, just what is going on with the Houston Rockets? This is uh, this, we are we are now officially concerned about the Houston Rockets. They have one more win than the Oklahoma City Thunder. They lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, in kind of spectacular fashion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few times over the last month of the season. They have uh, they have four straight losses, and they are one and five over their last six games. What is going on with the Houston Rockets? Yeah, and the OKC stomped them uh, a couple weeks ago too. So they, it looks like they had their number, but yeah, they had a, four, a seventeen point lead. Um, in the fourth, and they blew it. Uh, lost the fourth quarter by 21 points, 41-20. Harden couldn't buy a bucket, and that's really been the story lately. Um, it's just Harden missing shots all over the place. He had, he was one for 17 from three, tied for the worst three-point percentage among those with 12-plus shots. Uh, just unbelievably bad um, how much he's missed shots lately. And if you kind of dig in a little bit deeper, um, it's all like dribble, 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 shoot. Um, almost half of his shots have been with seven plus dribbles. He's not efficient on those over his last seven games. Only eight of his 166 shots are catch and shoot. Um, he only has one make. So he's one of eight on catch and shoot attempts. Um, he's just missing everything. Harden's, uh, Harden's actually being outscored by Westbrook, uh, over the last seven games, 32 to 29 Westbrook did miss two of those games for the back to back. Um, but yeah, just missing shots has been just killer. Uh, we know they're going to take a whole bunch and um, they just couldn't get him to fall yesterday. And uh, it's we talk about this all the time, how three-point variants can end you. Uh, and if you're in a cold spell like you like they are now, um, it's going to be trouble. Like Ben McMore hasn't played well. P.J. Tucker's missing his corner threes again. Um, and Capella was in foul trouble yesterday. That was kind of costly too. So, um, yeah, they, they need to figure some things out. And we've said all season, Eric Gordon's been horrible. Uh, so I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But Westbrook's actually playing better right now. But – I think they'll get it figured out. Uh, I still think uh, – I, I said that they had a chance to win the title last week, uh, which looks like a I mean, I, I was with you. No, yeah. I was with you, and I, I still believe that. I, yeah. I still overall believe that. This team, they're always good in the buyout market. They will get a minimum of one good rotation player out of the buyout market. I, I would guarantee that. And that's kind of all they need, right? That's literally just finding, like, a fourth guy who can, like, have the ball in his hands and move a little bit because, like, Harden, Westbrook, and Capella do all of their scoring and all of their shooting. And then outside of that, I mean, like, I guess the the person you think it should be would be Eric Gordon, but Eric Gordon is just so not that guy. Yeah, they have to trade him or something. He's just – he's useless right now. Um, I mean, Ben McMore and Daniel House have both outplayed him. Uh, I say this all the time, but Gordon was talking about being, like, the number one defender. That's not there. His defense has been really bad. Uh, and, yeah, just not having a backup to Capella uh, is proved costly because we said this last week too, like playing P.J. Tucker 41 minutes like they did yesterday, um, it's going to burn you. After, you know, after they nine. said his minutes limit was 30? Yeah, exactly. So we know he has a a nine usage rate and he doesn't really work for anything on offense. He obviously exerts a lot of energy on defense, but yeah, it's pretty much, we always overreact to losing streaks and then overreact to winning streaks and stuff. So it's kind of where we're at, but I think they'll get it figured out. Uh, I still think they're going to be able to pass. They slipped down um, below Dallas, but I still think they're going to be Maybe a five, a four seed or a five seed, probably five. Uh, this is a really bad loss, especially with how Denver and Utah have been playing a lot better lately. Um, it's looking pretty, pretty bleak for them to, you know, 
and they're going to have to go up against uh, the Lakers in round two. It would look like best. I mean, right, seed. right, right now they are the firm six seed by by four. Well, I guess the Mavs. So I guess by yeah. I guess by like two games. Yeah. But well, except the Mavs are probably going to win the division now. They got to be favorites. To, they got to be slightly favored to win the division, and that makes them at least a four seed. So yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's all bad for the Rockets right now. I still think the Rockets are going to beat out Dallas, especially with KP with his injuries right now. Um, and we'll see how Luca. Luca's had a little bit of a dip. His efficiency's dropped. His turnovers have gone up. His free throw efficiency's gone down a little bit. Uh, and he's just so much like he's basically like, like we say this all the time. Like he's basically James Harden uh, for how much of, of an imprint he puts it on that offense. But um, yeah, they, they they'll get it figured out. But um, obviously, this is the, the the bad losses and the way in which they're losing is just really tough to swallow. Yeah, it. I mean, it is. It is. It's just. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Been, yeah. And, and, like, and that's Harden the thing. Got, he can't yeah. make shots. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, and really, just credit to OKC. They put Lugans Dort on him. Uh, matchup time for eight minutes. That's the most amount of time per game on Harden. He was 3 or 14 uh, against the Dort defense. Um, so he's mad props. Uh, you know, first career start after eight games. Um, you know, they didn't have Terrence Ferguson. And uh, we've seen guys kind of be Harden stoppers at times. So, uh like Torrey Craig is another guy who's like a hardened stopper. So a lot of teams have that kind of in their arsenal. Uh, and I think that's kind of um, where value can be had. But Dort's just a beast. Like he actually like ran over P.J. Tucker yesterday. Um, so it was nice to see him really step up, um, really out of nowhere. A lot of people didn't even know who he was. Um, but yeah, a little ASU on ASU action. Um, pretty rare, undrafted guy. But uh, it was nice. It was a great win for OKC, as bad as it was for Houston. Great, great win for OKC. Who now uh, they have uh, they I, they have twenty five wins, twenty five and nineteen. Chris Paul is uh, you know talking about how happy he is to be in not happy, but is 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 warming up to Oklahoma City. And uh, this leads me to a question that I saw a couple people, uh, you know, I mean, people like to argue on the internet. I saw a couple people debating this last night, and I want to talk about it too. If you had to pick a point guard moving forward, would you rather have SGA? Or John Morant? It's pretty close, man. Uh, it's very I, close. Yeah, I think I would go just Jaw, just closer, just because he's so ball dominant. It's a little bit of a creator. Uh, although SGA's creating has been a little bit better the last couple weeks, but um, yeah, I, I love SGA. But I just think that I've, what we've seen from both of them, like I, I could, I, if you wanted to argue either way, I'm good. But uh, Jaw, Jaw's further ahead than where I thought he'd be, and SGA is kind of where I thought he'd be. So I think that. And they're, they're a year apart. You know, it's like a year and like 20 days or something where Morant's obviously the younger one. But um, they're both excellent. So there's really no wrong answer here. I just think that I'm – you, you kind of have more freedom for what John Morant can do. And he does have perfect compliments next to him. Like I think him and Jaron Jackson Jr. are such great compliments to each other. Um, but, yeah, if you put like Shea in a better position, um, we don't really even know what he's at. You know, like if, if you take Chris Paul off the – like Chris Paul's been healthy – so I'd be curious to see what happens if Chris Paul does miss time and we really see Shea kind of dominate the offense. He's really been kind of a – and that's what he's been asked to do is be a score first guy. Um, you know, get the ball on the wing, get a screen, go to the basket, and Euro step pass dudes, he's just so crafty, whereas Jaw is just a freak. Uh, so I think it's – again, can't really go with the wrong answer, but I think Jaw has a little bit more upside to what he can be. So I, I think my answer is SGA, and I agree with you in terms of the upside. My, my reasoning for SGA is just he's a little bigger, 
right? Yeah. So, so Jaws is tall enough. He's about, he's about six, two and a half. Uh, SGA is more like six, five, and he's like a lot bigger. However, I, I think at like the 90th percentile outcomes, Jaws 90th percentile outcomes are so much better because he can be Jaws like, like complete ceiling is kind of curry light in the sense of being just a super dynamic creator on offense, able to shoot, you know, greater than 40% from three on, you know, massive volume. I I think that jaw could be the best player on a championship team. SGA, probably his ceiling is best second best player on a championship team. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, Just Shea is like the perfect complimentary player with somebody next to him. Um, where, you, like you said, um, Josh is going to be a beast. Yeah, I mean, he's just going to have the ball. And I actually think in a weird way, I kind of thought that the Chris Paul SGA backcourt was going to be bad for Shea's development. Mm-hmm, I actually think it's it's been so good for him to not have to do everything. Because yeah. what, what you get is you get, you know, what happened to their teammate, Dennis Schroeder, where Schroeder just got kind of had – too much responsibility when he became a starting player and it, it overall like he just played so much bad basketball that it was hard for him to change yep um, i mean can't you got to give credit to Morant, who couldn't shoot apparently uh he's made 41 percent of his three so far in his career on a pretty small volume so we'll see probably people cover him a little bit tighter now but um yeah um, they're both excellent answers but shea definitely is um, probably a better defender but uh, I think you could hide. Um, it's not like Morant's a bad defender either. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that it's, yeah, it's I, both those guys are just two of my favorite players to watch too. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Uh, keeping it, keeping it rolling here. Zion, we, he is now no longer being listed as out for these games. He's being listed as doubtful. Uh, and they, they actually just played uh, a crazy game uh, with yeah. like pretty, their whole like backup unit. Uh, yesterday on uh, on Martin Luther King Day, which was uh, very frustrating as someone who wanted Jackson Hayes to get in there, and they they just smoked Memphis one twenty six to one sixteen, and it wasn't even really that close. Uh, don't don't look now, but the Pelicans they uh they're looking their things are looking up. They've been lurking. Uh, they had obviously that really bad stretch with the double digit loss streak, and like we said, we overreact to these uh, losing streaks. But um, we just saw how good Drew Holiday could be when he's on, man. Uh, career high seven makes 36 points. Just killed John Morant. Like, he was open all game. Running out in transition. All the things we love about Drew went down. Uh, it just looked, looked awesome. Um, they got good pe- uh, peanut butter melly time was, was uh, in full force. He had a really good uh, bench, bench run. He started the second half, too. So, yeah, um, Zion coming back. We'll see him. We saw him play some center in the preseason. So we'll see guys like Jackson Hayes go away. Derek Favors obviously needs to come back from his back injury. He has so many back injuries in his career. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of dial him back on uh, just let Zion eat into his minutes that way. Uh, Cause he just, we, they didn't want to have this back thing keep popping up over and over and over again. But um, right. yeah, we'll see. Um, Reddick's shots going to go down. Um, we'll see each one more kind of go away. Same with Nikhil Alexander. We'll just see the Pelicans play a lot smaller uh, with Zion out there. But, um, yeah, I can't wait for that on uh, tomorrow on Wednesday uh, against the Spurs. Um, props to ESPN for flexing it to the national game, too. But, um, yeah, Brandon Ingram's been great. So um, Yeah, yeah Brandon, be- Brandon Ingram's uh, – he, like – 
I mean, the Pelicans have to feel so freaking good about the Anthony Davis trade. They, they are going to be one of the only teams in NBA history to have the, you know, trade a superstar, like trade a dollar for four quarters. And it, it feels like they are just massive winners in this trade, even though, you know, they might not make the playoffs this year. Yeah, they set themselves up for sure. Like, it's really that and the Paul George trade are really – it's like the the only ones you could really say that really kind of worked out, I guess. Because I mean, the Jimmy Butler trade was terrible. Um, I'm talking about the 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 Wolves Jimmy Butler trade, not like the Philly Heat one, which wasn't really a trade anyways, even though it was technically a trade. But um, yeah, uh, there's really been nothing else I feel like that has really worked out. Like obviously the Kawhi DeRozan trade didn't really work out. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones that were like superstar based kind of trades. It's, they all they never really work out. Yeah, so. they never work. Like I don't, th- I don't think there's any example of them like working out for the team that yeah. traded the star away. But I mean, like, looking at the Pelicans' young core, Brandon Ingram is 22, Lonzo is 22, uh, Jackson Hayes is 19, Josh Hart is 24. Now he's not a star, but I think he's proven he's an NBA rotation player, right? Like, yeah, there, yep. like any doubt that he is an NBA rotation player? Um, favors is, you know, obviously on like, by the time they're competitive, he probably will not be on the team anymore. Um, and then they have, they have Zion and, uh, you know, as far as backup centers go, I mean, Jaleel Okafor for $4 million a year, they kept him on the team for the next four years. Like that's a good player to have. Yeah. He's just an emergency guy. We need him to fill in, but they're not going to need him anymore. Uh, especially with Jackson Hayes pretty much outplaying him. Um, Jackson Hayes, so he almost freaking put one on Brandon Clark yesterday. He almost had like a crazy highlight real jam, but uh, yeah, um, they have a lot of depth and they have some things they can maneuver too. They have a good cap situation picks as, as well. So yeah, they're, they're definitely set up and I mean, they're knocking on the door, man. Uh, they're what uh, three and a half out. Uh, they're playing well with it. They won like 10 of their last 12. I want to say something like that. Um, something uh no i'm sorry not th- not quite that good or ten of them. It's, it's, anyways they're playing good ball right now uh and they did so without you know drew being hurt drew missed two weeks um favors missed a couple games so yeah um they're 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 almost pretty much fully healthy now with zion back and obviously Derek favors but uh red x back so um they've had so many injuries all season but they're they're dangerous man they have a they get san antonio denver boston uh, to close out this week, so we'll really and they're all home too. So if they go two and uh, two and one there, uh, I think they're in good shape. Then they get Memphis again, uh, Houston, Milwaukee. So they have a really tough part of their schedule right now. Yeah. So uh, as as we continue our tour through the Western Conference, as we seemingly always do, <laughs> Damian Lillard, uh, he he really is. Uh, he's trying to keep the Portland Trailblazers afloat as they. Yeah, McCollum is hurt. Uh, Whiteside left, left last night's game, though he came back pretty much immediately. But 61 points against the Golden State Warriors, played 45 minutes, 34 points against Oklahoma City in a loss uh, before that, 34 points against Dallas in a loss before that. Uh, Dame is – this has to be close to some of the best basketball he's ever played. Yeah, he always just comes through. Uh, we've always said before, and it's even amazing sometimes they get wins when Dame misses games. Like, it's stunning to me just because of how valuable it is the offense. But without C.J. McCollum, he obviously scores five more points per 36. 
And, yeah, um, as bad as Golden State has kind of looked, they've played some decent games here and there. Um, especially Alec Brooks had one of the best games of the season. Eric Pascal's played a lot better. So, um, yeah, you know, credit to them. Um, a team that just has no forward depth right now. Um, that was interesting to see the Trevor Ariza trade. And it was surprising they could even get Kent Bazemore off their books uh, with this, what, $18.5 million deal um, to save them, what, $12 million in luxury taxes, if I remember. So, um, yeah, we'll see if him he could step up. Uh, Anthony Simons played pretty well yesterday. Got 46 minutes, didn't shoot well, but um, he's kind of coming along. Gary Trent Jr. also has kind of been low-key solid for them. Had a career-high 30 uh, on Saturday. And Saturday, just a random note I looked up over the weekend, uh, they had so, there were so many career highs on Saturday that it was it just struck me. Marcus Smart had a career high. Gary Trent, Mikel Bridges, Jared Culver, Steve McKayla, Jordan Poole, and Nick Claxton all had career highs uh, on one night in January. Like, that happens a lot in October, but uh, it was weird to see that many career high games. Just as a quick aside, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we're buying Portland um, just because of their lack of depth. And I think Trevor Ariza was a good little pickup for them um, to give them a little bit more length, but. Like I've kind of always said, I believe more in the Pelicans um, than the Blazers, uh, and it this trade puts them in a weird spot, right? Because they had they could actually make a move now, or they could trade off more players. So uh, they have a really big stretch of games coming up here to see if they're buyers or sellers. Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, I am disappointed with Anthony Simons. He was. Uh, he was a guy that I really thought was going to take you know a leap this year. I, I think I talked about him on the very first podcast that we did this year, and uh, he really he's really just been okay. He's been like just yeah. a, a pretty nondescript like fourth guard, and I I, I really thought he was going to be more than that. Yeah, we thought that they because. Stotts has always tried to find a way to play his three guards together, Dame, CJ, and then, you know, two, three years ago it was Napier. Last year and the year before it was Seth Curry a little bit. So you thought that Simons could be that guy, but it hasn't really happened, uh, although he has tried it, and he'll probably try it more. But, um, yeah, obviously with the O'Shea quotes and Stotts saying he was the most talented player he drafted, O'Shea did, uh, in all his years as a front office guy. Um, definitely a little bit of a letdown. But I still believe, um, obviously, he had that one insane 48-minute game in the, in the season finale last year. I uh, had, I think, 36 points in the summer league game as well, too. So I'm not ready to rule him out. He was obviously super raw, uh, and he wasn't supposed to be this impactful this stage of his career anyways. So, um, yeah, I think he's still going to be all right. But, yeah, this lack of, lack of depth, and Whiteside's hurt a lot. He may miss time with this quad thing, man. He said he was in a lot of pain after the game last night so losing him would just be killer uh, and they also have talk about a tough stretch right here so starting with thursday they go dallas at home indiana at home houston at home at lakers utah at home at denver san antonio at utah versus miami at new orleans at memphis at new orleans uh yeah <laughs> so we're gonna find out real soon uh how how good the blazers are if they you know, if they go 0-6 or 0-7 come to the deadline, man, or even, like, 2-4 and two and or, like, you know, clearly below 500, like, they're, they probably should be looking to sell out. Man, that, that's a brutal stretch right there. Those are all playoff teams, except for San Antonio. What do you think? What do you think they could get for McCollum, who seems like the one most likely yeah, to be? Yeah, you love talking about McCollum trades, man. I don't. Well, know. it's it's just like okay, so like if you if you look at it logically, no one like they're not trading Dame. You 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 no, you no, literally no. like you literally cannot trade Damian Lillard, no, no, no. and 
I mean, Hassan Whiteside is like, yeah, he likes to get 20 and 10s, but is that like you're also not going to get anything for him? Like, what do you get for Whiteside, a protected second-round pick? Yeah, you won't get anything for him. Yeah, you could have gotten like, – like any team in the NBA could have signed him for a very cheap deal this offseason, and they chose not yeah. to. So in terms of selling, um, like that's it. That, McCollum is really the only thing they can sell, I think. I, do, I mean, do they have any other valuable rotation players? Like, not really. No, not really, yeah. Uh, hey, pretty much everyone else has been bad. Um, besides, like, Pazzoni has been a disaster. Um, I mean – I think Simons is still doing okay, but uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean Simons. Simons is. I mean that's actually probably the answer. They probably get yeah, more right. for Simons. That's their most than, valuable piece. Yeah. Yeah, they, they get, get more get for Simons. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was, so, I was thinking if they were sellers, like if they're sellers, they're not going to trade Simons. They're going to hope that he could basically move in and be CJ the new CJ McCollum. Yeah, I mean if they if if they sell, they trade CJ McCollum for a young player and a lottery protected first round pick, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but Which is that, I mean, that's that's so brutal. Yeah, the whole the CJ McCollum Kevin Love trade is probably like the most ones that kind of makes the most sense for a team that has you know just no front court depth right now. But like I said, I think they had a reason thing. Uh, that's pretty much going to be the key. If, if somehow they can play better ball with a reason around a guy that could play a lot of three, a lot of four, um, you know, maybe cut back on Carmelo's minutes a little bit. Melo's cooled off a little bit lately too. But um, yeah, I, I I think they're gonna wind up being sellers. But I just don't know what they don't have anything to sell. Um, they, they kind of painted themselves into a corner here um, with the way they've handled their cap space and how they've just allocated their resources to build their team. Um, they're really cap tight. So Ben Simmons' best game of his career. I think right? so. Yeah, at least yeah, statistically, that- it was. Yeah, so he had he was um, 35, 35 point triple double with five steals. I mean, pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, first player ever to go 34, 12, and 12 and five steals. Obviously, the five steals are a uh, big reason why. Uh, that's really hard to do, but matches career high 12, 14 from the field, just feasting inside. Had, added two blocks. Uh, so if you played DFS yesterday, uh, just his second half. He scored fifty points in FanDuel. It was um, it was awesome. He had he had half, he had yeah. eighty five on DK. I bet he had a yeah. hundred on FanDuel. I think it was like eighty something too. Yeah, because he doesn't get you don't get the triple level points on FD, so it kind of evens out. But um, yeah, yeah. So it was just beast mode, uh, and I was surprised to find out that so Ben and Horford without Embiid, they're plus six point six. With all three, they're plus 3.1 net rating. So they're actually better without Embiid in that lineup. Uh, Horford is just a different player, man. Um, without Embiid and with Ben, he's 18-8-5, blocks, 1.2 steals. With Horford and Ben, 7-7-4. Seven and, seven, seven and four. So like he's seriously half the player statistically, um, if not and more than or less than half uh, statistically. 0.6 blocks, 0.7 steals too. So pretty much besides the rebounding, everything's cut and assists a little bit. Everything just cuts down, but uh, Horford's been bashed really all season um, because they're not great when he plays next to uh, Embiid, and this lineup hasn't really worked. But uh, Matisse Thibel has been huge uh, for them. Obviously not scoring, but uh, his last five games, he has, I believe, 4.2 blocks and steals combined, uh, so like 5.2 points or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, 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 call, I don't know if you ever t- – I, I call him NASDAQ because of all the stocks – with the steals and blocks. Pretty but, good. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't, it hasn't caught on, but uh, Nasdaq's definitely putting in that work right now. Uh, a guy who's just been – Ben even said back in the preseason, Ben's like, oh, I hate when Thibault guards me. He's, he's just so, and he makes just every defensive mistake stand out and turns into a turnover. Um, he's just, his, just such good basketball IQ on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and they just really limited the, the Brooklyn perimeter scoring late in the game. Um, ben, uh, uh, Tobias Harris has been really good this year. So uh, they have really – I guess what really misses, they miss uh, with the beat is the depth um, because things haven't really worked out with Kyle Quinn. Uh, I love Norvell Pell, but he hasn't really played well, at least on the statistical side of things. But, um, yeah, they definitely need him back soon. But um, their starting has been tremendous, really. Uh, without him just because Thibault has been just such a good impact and Ben's playing again better and better right now getting the line 14 times two made 10 of them so that's pretty good for him but yeah, yeah it was a big win for them they definitely needed it They're a team that has been really sh- I almost cursed uh really bad on the road uh, right now um they play so much better at home so um, but yeah they're, they're like we said they're when they're on, they're really the only team we feel comfortable that could knock off the Bucks. I think that's pretty common. I, I said I know Charles Barkley said the same thing uh, yesterday. Um, they just have so much talent with Ben playing the way he is, and uh, you know, getting him beat healthy is the key. You know, I, I, I still think that the next team we're going to talk about. I, I think that Boston can beat the Bucks. Is that? I mean, is it just the worst opinion I've ever had? I, no. I think, I think Boston is good, man. Boston is a good that, basketball yeah. team. Yeah, they're a good regular. They're a great regular season team, but against against Giannis and they credit to Ennis Cantor. We bash him a lot. He's played a lot better lately. Daniel Thice has played a lot better, uh, hitting shots. His interior defense has been a lot better too. Um, you know, they, they kept a lot of guys in check. Really, besides DeAndre Ayton, uh, who didn't shoot the ball great. Uh, I think he was like eight to twenty-two or something, but he had a big scoring line because of free throws. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think they're they're coming along. Uh, obviously, the big win yesterday, but. I'm a little bit worried about this Kemba knee thing, by the way. Um, so he went to the locker room or on the bike in the first half, and this left scene, left knee soreness thing, he had an MRI. It was okay, but called a doctor that night after a game. was like, hey, my knee hurts. Give me an MRI. And you hate to see that for a guy that's had. So in 2017, he had the arthroscopic surgery at the end of the season when it was over. 2016, another meniscus tear. And then 2015, another meniscus tear. This is all in the same knee. So, really, last year uh, was the first season he didn't really have knee issues, and they're back. But this guy usually toughs it out. Uh, um, again, he pretty much waits to the season to have surgery, which is probably going to happen again. So, um, got to keep an eye on that, and they need Kemba, man. Uh, as great as Marcus Smart's been, he had, the, again, the career high I mentioned. Franchise record, 11 threes, which is hilarious because everyone loves to troll Marcus Smart for being such a terrible three-point shooter. Uh, and yet he has the record. Uh, I believe it was only Clay Thompson's uh, 24 attempts, and then James Harden has a couple 23s. Those are the only times that someone took more three-pointers in the game than Marcus Smart did on Saturday. So, um, yeah, uh, he's played great. But And, and it's kind of cool. So it was weird that Jason Tatum missed a game, Jalen Brown missed a game, and Kemba missed a game all in a row, and then Marcus Smart started all of them and kind of filled in from there. So, yeah, they have a really good core. Uh, and that'll be key, but – I'm sure Drew would agree that just not having a really impact player um, like to the caliber of Giannis or even Embiid or Ben uh, could definitely wind up being their undoing. They just they need Kemba to be healthy, and I'm a little bit scared of that right now. They need Kemba to be healthy. They need Cantor to just be hot fire in his yeah. minutes off the bench, and they need good Marcus Smart 
75% of the time, they can't, they cannot have uh, 27% from the field. Marcus smart yeah. that like that crushes them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, no one else is really besides like their starters and then Marcus smart. And I guess Cantor who's played great yesterday against the Lakers. Um, no one's really, you, you want to see some guy step up and be that like clear number eight guy. We thought it would be Brad Wanamaker. He's really faded. The rookies haven't really done anything. Grant Williams looked like he was going to be that guy. He's not. Uh, Semi Ojale, besides really guarding Giannis, he doesn't really have anything that they could do um, to win to win them series or be an impact player in the series. Not obviously, he's not going to win you anything, but uh, if he can give you good defense on Giannis, he'll have some value there. Uh, and then also, Jalen Brown has cooled off considerably lately. Uh, his last seven, he shot thirty-seven percent from the field, seventeen points, five boards. Two dimes. Um, meanwhile, Jason Tatum, he's been playing awesome lately. So I guess he's really has the highest ceiling um, besides Kemba. A hot Kemba, which we've seen, especially in fourth quarters. Kemba can win some ball games, uh, But last five for Tatum, 26-7, three assists, uh, 1.6 steals, 0.8 blocks, 3.23. So he's really lit it up from three. Uh, 53% from the field, 40% from three. So Tatum really rising to the occasion would have to happen as well. But um, – yeah, um, just Kemba has to be a monster. And I, it's hilarious that Kemba finally beat LeBron. Uh, took him, like, 29 tries. That was, like, one of the coolest stats I've ever seen. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – they're healthy now, so we'll see what happens. I'm a little discouraged that they lost on Saturday to Phoenix uh, with Devin Booker going off, mentioned Aiton, and Mikkel Bridges had his career high, too. But, yeah, um, they're definitely in the hunt. But the, I think that they're – you would agree that they're clearly behind Philly for who you would pick, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I yeah. think Philly is the there. They're the second best team. I, it, for me, it's yeah. it's Bucks, it's Philly, then it's the Heat, then it's the Raptors, then it's the Celtics. Uh, well, no, the Celtics are ahead of the Raptors, but I, I mean, again, like the Eastern Conference, dude. It's 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 it's, it's a good conference. Yeah, yep. It's definitely the deepest it's been in a while. Cause it used to be like, okay, LeBron, just wait for a couple months and he's in the finals. But um, yeah, they they are a little bit more. I don't know. I, I still think Milwaukee just looks. Clearly, you like the best team, you know. Giannis has really stepped it, and that team's just so well put together that they're going to be a tough out. So I don't know. I, I somewhat disagree, but again, they're they're deeper than ever. Uh, although the Nets playing, we'll talk about the Nets too. They've been horrible. The Magic have been very good. So it's really just a six deep right now. Yeah. So uh, I would still even say the Pacers aren't even in that. Although they're playing great right now, and they're getting Depot back in a week, but I still have my doubts about Indiana. Yeah. So final. I think I whipped last night. Yeah, final thing we want we're going to talk about today. We are going to be talking about, of course, the Nets and uh, Kyrie Irving. And let let me tell you what I think. I think that Kyrie is not having it, man. I I think that he is big time regretting this decision to go to a good but not great Brooklyn team. And I think he's already starting to feel that when Durant gets back and healthy, he's going to be the star. And again, Kyrie is going to be in the shadow. I don't know. I mean, I think he knew what he signed up for. You know that Kevin Durant's one of the best players ever, right? He has to have known that he was going to be the you know. One do you, do you think? Best. Do you think Kyrie? Do you think that Kyrie really is like like thinks about things like that though? Like, I think he just kind of acts. I don't know. I honestly, I'm, I've kind of done giving up on what Kyrie thinks right yeah no that's I don't, a, that's he, a very he good acts, point he acts like he hates being in the spotlight but uh, he like look what you're doing to yourself like why are you going to call out dudes not mention Joe Harris and all these other guys and like you're asking for it he has to know better right 
And like he right. almost he joked about the whole flat earth thing being like a joke, but like he hates being covered that way. Like, what are you doing? You're asking for this. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But I don't like I know some people were thinking like, okay, this hamstring thing is kind of bogus, but I don't know. It it's definitely weird that and I always am a little bit skeptical when the injury report comes out and then all of a sudden he's added to it, and that's what happened here. Um, same thing with the shoulder thing, like he played through it for a little bit and now he, he missed, you know, two months. Uh, for that so uh, yeah the timing's weird um, I I just I don't know it's amazing that guy's just such a lightning rod for people to talk about and it's kind of infuriating for a guy who's really good but um, yeah I, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about Kyrie but I'll, I'll say Nick Claxton's a baller <laughs> he's had a career high in his last two games uh, I think he's it's I wish they could undo that DeAndre Jordan contract so hard man like, obviously, you wanted to add Durant, but Nick Claxton's the real deal. Uh, he's made really big impact in their second unit. Um, and even Karis LeVert had one of his best games yesterday, too. So, um, you know, they're probably going to be the seven seed, despite how they're playing terrible right now. Uh, just because, like, what, Pistons are the ninth seed, and the Magic have somehow been hanging around and playing pretty decent ball since Isaac went down. But, um, yeah, it just kind of is what it is. I just I, – I, I can't stand talking about Kyrie just because – it's just like I he's he's dominates my timeline more than anybody I want to see on there. I, I mean, it's like, so, and he just yeah. I feel like he just never has anything really that interesting to say. He just, no, he just always wants to complain. Yeah, always, and yeah, he's gonna be he's just so unlikable just because of that. And he used to be kind of fun, you know, but now yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. He's always, I mean, he's that, a sideshow. I hate that. Like like most of us, when we when we get older, we all get a little bit less fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Jared Allen's played better too. Um, Dinwiddie's kind of cooled off a little bit, but um, they need to. Lavert has to play better. Um, he's fine. He's been horrible uh, since he came back. Again, I mentioned he had a pretty decent game yesterday. He did close, took the ball away from Dinwiddie a lot late in the game against Philly. But um, Terrain Prince has been kind of boring. So just hoping Nick Claxton can kind of ball out and. Just I don't even know what Kyrie's – Kyrie wasn't even really playing that well. His usage rate was down um, prior to – since coming back from the injury. So, yeah, it's just – I just hate I just hate talking about off-court Kyrie. It's just such a disaster. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> um, all right, man, what, uh, what are you excited to watch over the next week? And then we'll go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, so um, Miami winning without Jimmy Butler yesterday was pretty cool. Maybe I could talk about some other stuff just to – to quick hit. Um, yeah, hit me. How quick? Maybe some other highlights from yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. How about Norman Powell, real quick? Uh, Guy he, looks he legit. He was huge in the fourth quarter. He had 12 straight points. Looked like they were going to lose in Atlanta, but Norm to the rescue. Uh, he was big time. Really cutting OG on Anobi's minutes. Uh, OG's been really bad uh, for fantasy over the last couple games. Uh, I know a lot of people are considering cutting him. I'd probably hold a little bit longer because he was so good to start the season. Um, Again, the match has been playing better. Aaron Gordon's been really bad. Um, he hasn't even been worth owning in fantasy. Um, can't shoot. Um, not bringing defensive stats like we thought he might. Um, Marco Fultz has played a lot better, though. Uh, Fournier is playing great. Fuchs is playing pretty well. So they look like they're pretty good. Uh, Devonta Graham's kind of cooled off a little bit lately. Uh, looked like he was in a big game yesterday. He had like 12 points in the first quarter, but only three after that. Um, and this team's not the, – the Hornets were fun. They're not fun anymore, you know. Miles Bridges has been boring. Terry Rozier had a bad game. He's been playing better lately, though. Um, the Cavs are a disaster right now. 
Uh, Colin Sexton and Garland finally had a bad game. They're playing pretty well. Sexton's actually was play- we talked about Sexton a little bit last week too, but Sexton's played pretty well lately. Uh, so he's really fun. Uh, I thought Mitch Robinson yesterday knocked it. He, it, I don't think he got a fir- his first shot or until like midway through the third. It's just crazy how Mitch Robinson has just not made any impact offensively at all. Um, we thought he might. We talked a lot about or the three point shooting could be coming around. That obviously didn't happen either. But um, yeah, um, that's pretty much Utah. You, as we mentioned Utah, Utah and Denver. Uh, we did talk about Michael Porter Jr. He probably deserves a little bit of talk up. Yeah, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I I I I played on DK last night, and I yeah. was just kind of going through prices, looking at stuff, and I was like, oh, Michael Porter Jr. sixty seven hundred on yeah. uh, on DraftKings. Worth it. <laughs> 2014 and four dude it's crazy how fast i think we said this last week how fast he's kind of become relevant uh obviously the injuries uh and they're banged up too by the way so will barton um again injuries with denver uh malone said after the game he wasn't sure if barton was going to play uh wasn't on the injury report um garrett harris could be back uh mason Plumlee rolled his ankle didn't think he was going to return so they could be pretty thin uh tomorrow uh they're playing somebody good i can't remember who was on top of my head uh houston yeah at houston so that'll be a tory craig game for sure uh to put him on hard and a lot but yeah michael porter jr man he is just so polished offensively already so um, he's been really fun to watch uh monte morris is playing a little bit better i know a lot of people were upset with him with his bad kind of debut in the starting lineup but he's been kind of trending up a little bit lately uh, good, such a great assist to turnover ratio guy. Uh, minutes are back up too. So, and Malik Beasley, we're gonna see. Uh, they have to trade Malik Beasley, right? Like, I don't know what they're gonna get for him. But I mean, this is this has been this has been the Denver Nuggets situation ever since they traded Carmelo Anthony. They've had yeah. too many good rotation players and not enough stars. It's yep. Just it's just Even been now. what it, it's just been what it is. Even since you know? the whole. Um, McDermott for Nurk and Carrie Harris trade. Um, that was uh, something that really came about to add to their depth. Uh, they've hit on so many draft picks, really, like later draft picks. Um, and even Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant's been pretty solid, too. So, yeah, this team just has too much. To- and PJ Dozier, by the way, he's pretty solid for them, too. Um, so, yeah, there's, they're just so deep. They've This team's just so well put together. And, yeah, um, <laughs> Mike Conley's been – I don't know what's up with his, what his deal is, but he's just not ready for 25 minutes per game yet, it feels like. Whereas yeah. Whereas they're starting – they're starting in smashed Indiana yesterday. So, Utah's, Utah's legit. And mentioned um, the Warriors. Um, mentioned Pascal. He's been playing a lot better lately. Uh, they want to play him with the three at the four. Uh, Draymond Green, suddenly sick, wasn't on the injury report. All of a sudden, he's out. So, another one um, that's super shady. Um, they're They're tanking it up, but – uh, they've, they've been fun, man. Uh, they had a good game on Saturday that was really entertaining to watch. Uh, Steph Curry did a little uh, sideline reporting stuff. It was it was hilarious. I, I love Steph, Steph Curry. But, um, yeah, he told Eric Paschal after the game doing reporting that he him and Jordan Poole, their first Warriors rookies, to score 20-plus in a game since Steph and Reggie Williams. It was kind of cool to see him spit that out. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff going on here. Uh, San Antonio got a good win yesterday. But, um, yeah, Booker's been fun, too. So, a lot of, whole lot of stuff to talk about from yesterday. <laughs> That's like a quick little recap, I guess. And Bradley Beal playing pretty well. Um, 
and uh, finally got a win for them. But that, that rotation has been really weird to, to track. It has been. It has been very good. All right, everyone. Mike Gallagher, he's the best in the business. That's why. That's why we have him on because he can he can sum it all up like that for you, uh, Mike. Uh, of course, everyone, make sure to check out Mike's stuff over on RotoWorld.com. All of the player news, uh, waiver wire, all the seasonal fantasy basketball, all the fantasy basketball news that you need to know. Make sure to check out the projections over on DailyRoto.com, and uh, we will be back next week. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.